Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. If you'll turn with me, we're going to go to the book of Galatians. Now this morning, we I refuse to call it a series because... A few have accused me of not finishing series, but if this were a series, this would be the last part of my, the last lesson of my part before Brother uh, Corbin comes in and he's going to be preaching, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit and thankful for that. And uh, you say, why are we, why are we talking about the gifts of the Spirit? Because, well... They're gifts to the church. They're gifts to the body of Christ, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, But <clears throat> we really need to know how to use the gifts of the Spirit, um, when not to do certain things, and how to do certain things, and how things should be done in order, and why we do them, and you know, all these different things. And this morning, I, I taught that first lesson of not a series of, of um, the greatest threat to a heart, the greatest threat to a heart, and we began to speak on the hardness of a heart and how that is perhaps the greatest threat to the heart of a, of a child of God uh, because if, he, if your heart begins to become hardened, you cannot or you will not receive the seed that is thrown out and uh, when your heart is hardened, the church is wrong. The people are wrong. The preacher's wrong. The music's wrong. The leadership's wrong. Uh, we begin to cast fault and blame. Uh, worship's wrong. The music's wrong. The temperature's wrong. <laughs> we get the hardness of heart. And... Uh, now, I'm not trying to re-preach what I preached this morning. You can go back and listen to it if you so desire. But uh, tonight, we're going to continue that. But we're going to talk about something different that is the second piece, I believe, to, a, to the equation of the gifts of the Spirit. And um, I'll let someone more eloquent than I talk on the gifts of the Spirit. But tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the fruit. And I want to talk about a desire to be fruitful. So as we stand to the, to the reading of the Word of God, Galatians 5 and 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Praise God. we got to walk in the Spirit. Now keep in mind, you can't do any of what we're talking about with a hard heart. If, if, if you got a hard heart tonight, there's an altar, and you can, God will soften it right on up for you. 
and, and you, you, God will just take over, and then we can start talking about walking in the Spirit. But we can't walk in the Spirit if we have a hard heart. Amen. So, Lord, help us. Give us, oh God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. In the name of Jesus. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Everybody say, I've crucified the flesh. With the afflictions and lust, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise God. Amen and amen. Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your presence. God, we thank you for the opportunity to hear the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you for all that you have done, what you are doing, and what you are going to do now. God, I pray you would take over. Lord, have your will and your way in our hearts and in our lives, in this church, in this church body. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. We honor you for everything, God, that you have done and everything that you are going to do in and through us in the name of Jesus. God, we have a desire tonight to be fruitful. Help us, Lord, to find that place in you, oh Lord, where we can be more fruitful and multiply in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. We need him tonight. You may be seated. God bless you. There is a need and a desire for spiritual gifts. There is a need and a desire for spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians puts it like this in verse chapter 14. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. It is the will of God that we desire that what is spiritual. Clearly, God would not put it in the word of the Lord if, we, if he did not intend for us to desire the spiritual gifts. We should desire the spiritual gifts. We should desire to operate in the spiritual gifts. And it finishes out, but rather that she may prophesy. And we'll talk all the more about this, certainly. But in 1 Corinthians 12, it said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would have not have you ignorant. So why are we going to be doing a gifts of the Spirit seminar? Why is it two nights long? Because concerning spiritual gifts, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. Because the reality is, is when you are armed with what to do, how to do, and all these things, you are more uh, uh, able to execute what we have been asked to execute. And I don't know about you, but I desire to walk in apostolic authority and boldness. Not arrogant, but boldness. Not prideful, but boldness. When we walk into a room, when we walk into a situation, I want to be have the boldness of the Holy Ghost where we know exactly what is going on to a degree that we can pray specifically for that situation. Now, I'm not talking about being all-knowing and knowing at all, but there are some things that we are to discern and to know. Know them that are among you, all these things. 
And so concerning spiritual gifts, I would have you not be ignorant. Surely the purpose and significance of the gifts of the Spirit are clear. To edify, to build up, to exhort, to encourage, and to comfort the church and on. And and Romans 12, he put it like this. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Not everybody's going to have all, all the same things, but there's going to be uh, diversities of gifts, but it's going to be the same Holy Ghost, the same God. And later on in this scripture, in case you were wondering, it began to talk about there's one body. There's one church. Amen. We're not separate. We're, we have separate buildings and different names, but we are one church. Praise God. And Paul said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Everybody say demonstration of the Spirit. And of power. I've got to tell somebody that the gifts of the Spirit is what that demonstration is talking about. When we began to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, that's when we began to see demonstration. And when we see demonstration of the Spirit, it will be of power. When we truly will tap into the vein of the Holy Ghost and the undercurrent of the Holy Ghost, it will be powerful. And I'm going to tell you what, it's perhaps one of the better things on this side of heaven, tapping into the demonstration of the Spirit of God and seeing people healed and seeing prophecies take place and then fulfilled. It's one of the greatest things to have all of these gifts, the the wisdom and, and all of these various gifts of the Spirit. They are awesome to see in demonstration. And they're powerful. And they're mighty. Mark said... And these signs, everybody say signs, shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. How are we going to do all of these things? How are we going to do it? We're going to do it through our own ability? No. We're going to do it through our own intellect? No. Even though we may have a seminar, does it make us uh, super spiritual? No. But how are we going to do it? Well, we find that in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to do what? Well, to be witnesses, uh, but also power to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Power to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen. And as I believe Jonah was swallowed by a great fish, and as I believe that you must repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit and that they should be activated and actively used in our everyday walk of God. They should be activated when we're walking down the hallway or, or whatever it is of our job. The gift, gifts of the Spirit. Preaching about the gifts of the Spirit will get amens. I could preach a whole message tonight, and I'm sure we'd have a lot of amens. And maybe I don't know. They, they, they really preach well. You begin to talk about the, the gifts of the Spirit. Man, I'm going to tell you what. They're, they're powerful. And they're exciting. If I began to talk about miracles and signs and wonders, man, we would just be up here shouting. Yeah. 
And all, we ought to. I said we ought to. Amen. I love those amens, little buddy. Praise God. Amen. Preaching about those gifts will get the amens. They'll get us running the aisles and shouting. But before you can even think about the gifts of the Spirit, we must have an appreciation and a desire for the fruit of the Spirit. For it is the production of the fruit of the Spirit that brings forth the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. It's the production of the fruit of the Spirit that brings forth the gifts of the Spirit. I, I, I have it. I should have said it to you, Sister Angela. I didn't, but it's on my computer in the back, and I don't have my phone, and so you just won't be able to see it. But I saw a comic the other day, and uh, it was, uh, it, it, I, I, I took a screenshot of it, and uh, it, on one side of this comic, it had a sign that said, Gifts of the Spirit Training. And there was people lined up a mile long in line for the gifts of the Spirit. And right next to that line, that great line, was another sign that said, Fruit of the Spirit Training. And there was nobody in the line. Because you see, our flesh wants a shortcut to the gifts of the Spirit. Our flesh wants to hop over the fruit, and we want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But God said, you must first desire the vine before the branch can produce fruit, and then for the fruit to be activated and the gifts of the Spirit be poured out. John 15, 1 and 8, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Oh, we're going to talk about that. That's awesome right there. But man, it hurts. Verse 3, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. Don't think you're doing it on your own. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much. Everybody say much. Fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. It is not your ability, it is God working through you. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Talking about that word. If you have a soft heart, the word will be planted into your heart and it will abide in you. You shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear, everybody say much. Fruit, so that ye be my disciples. He goes into great lengths, Brother Caldwell, to show us that we need to desire the vine and that as the vine is fruitful, being Jesus Christ, the branches too will be fruitful and not just in a little bit, not just in a couple little uh, uh, samplings of fruit, but in much fruit. We're going to be fruitful. Not only that, but you're known by the fruit. 
Amen. You're going to be known by your fruit. Matthew 7, beware of, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Even the, even the world grows something, but it is evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. How are they going to know that we're apostolic? How are they going to know that we're Christians? How are they going to know that we're Holy Ghost filled? Not by the, just the gifts of the Spirit, but it's going to be by the fruit of the Spirit. I tell you, if we can capture this tonight, I believe it will change the very dynamic of this church if we will really embrace and really desire the fruit of the Spirit. We must be careful, and I would love to, that Brother Joel Urshan preached on the fruit of the Spirit at General Conference. I already had some of this planned. We, Of course, we already had the Brother Corbin planned, and I already had these two topics in my notes, but he began to preach, and powerfully he preached on the fruit of the Spirit to over 13,000 of us, plus thousands and beyond thousands that was watching online. You don't hear about the fruit of the, of the, of the Spirit preached very much because it doesn't get a lot of amens typically. You don't hear about a conference uh, man of God getting behind the pulpit and preaching on the fruit of the Spirit, but that he did, and he did powerfully. And he began to, to describe that if we are not careful not to allow our flesh to simply see the surface without understanding what is under the surface. You see, we can look at all of some of the greatest revivals of our movement. You can look at some of these great revivals and you can begin to ooh and the ah and the man, that's powerful. We can even see some of the great revivals now. We can see some of these great revivals and it's easy to look at some of these greatest revivals and see them in their later stages. It's easy to look at some of the greatest churches and stand in awe, wishing and praying that we too will have that and to operate like they do. It's easy to look at some of the greatest people and see them operating in the gifts of the Spirit, not seeing what it took them to get there. You see, we want the supernatural, but we don't want the sacrifice. God says, if you want to operate in the realm that I desire you to operate, you're going to go through some things. Because I'm trying to produce something that this world cannot give. And it's only going to come from pressure. <laughs> I'm in the Holy Ghost right now and I feel the Holy Ghost helping me. You're going to feel some pressure in your life. You're going you're gonna to feel some disappointment in your life. But if you'll just hold on, I'm trying to produce something in you that when man looks at you, they'll see me. Because there's no way that you could have done that except it be by God and God alone. It's easy to see the results of miracles and signs and wonders, but not see the investment it took to get there. We overlook the simplicity of their beginnings. We overlook how they began. The seedbed that began the greatest greatness that we see today, we simply cannot see. What we see are the fruit. 
are what we see is the revivals. What we see are the people being filled with the Holy Ghost by the tens and hundreds and maybe thousands. What we see are big buildings and, and new instruments and new carpet and new this and new that. That's what we see today. But what we don't see is hiding under the surface. Because it's the only things, that, the things that are under the surface that is producing what you see. We overlook how they began. We talk about operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And we should. And we must. And we shall. And we do. But friend, church, hear this, hear this tonight. Do not underestimate the power of the fruit of the Spirit. Do not underestimate the way God uses the attributes and qualities like love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance to sow a seed that brings forth a mighty revival. It's going to be the fruit of the Spirit that gets a hold of a church that says we desire to be like Jesus because He is divine and He is fruitful and He desires that we be fruitful and so we're going to be full of love. We're going to be full of joy. We're going to be full of peace. We're going to be full of long-suffering. We're going to be full of gentleness, goodness. I know it seems a lot more shiny on the surface to see people feel with the Holy Ghost and to cast out demons and devils and speak in tongues until we're just uh, lost. But he says, if you can get a little bit of faith, if you can get a little bit of meekness, if you can learn to be temperate, it will be the seedbed to the greatest long-lasting revival that you've ever seen. We need to get a desire for the fruit of the vine. Give us the fruit of the vine. Help us to produce, to produce. Because God is very serious about the bearing of fruit. I said God is very serious about the bearing of fruit. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he's taken away. He's serious about this. He said, if you're not going to bear fruit, we'll take you away. And furthermore, men gather them up and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. We must produce the fruit of the Spirit. It is not an option. It is an obligation. It is a requirement. It is a natural action of being a part of the vine. He is the spiritual vine and we are the spiritual branches and we produce the spiritual fruit. And hear me when I say this, it is not by our might and it is not by our power, but by his spirit. Because in verse five, it said very clearly, for without me, you can do nothing. Don't you begin to take credit for anything that is happening. You just say, I'm a willing vessel. I'm just the one being used, but it's God that deserves all the glory. I said it's God that deserves all the glory. If there's going to be any name attached to this, let it be Jesus. It's not my love. It's his love. It's not my joy. It's his joy. It's not my gentleness. It's his gentleness. It's not my goodness. It's his goodness. 
He said, if you're going to abide in me, that's baptism, and I'm going to abide in you, that's in filling of the Holy Ghost, then you had better bring forth some fruit. You had better bring forth some fruit. See, the, really, the, the problem is, is that we don't truly have a relationship with the vine. We have a relationship with a movement. We have a relationship with a church. We have a relationship with a man or a woman. We have a relationship with something that is superficial. But God says, I want you to have a relationship like a branch is to a vine. I want you to be a part of me. I want you to have my DNA. And my DNA is love. Because there is no greater love. My DNA, man, I'll tell you what. My DNA is joy. My DNA is gentleness. My DNA is goodness. My DNA is long-suffering. My DNA is being temperate. I'm telling you, when we can get a hold and we can be in the line that says fruit of the spirit God says then I will propel you to be used in the gifts of the spirit greater than you've ever been used before but you cannot skip that step we cannot skip the step of the fruit don't underestimate the fruit when we began, when we speak of the gifts of the Spirit, we all, we all the time will speak about the working of the Holy Ghost. Man, somebody was healed. That was the Holy Ghost. Man, somebody spoke in tongues and there was an interpretation. Man, that was the Holy Ghost. But how many times do we say, I love today? That was the Holy Ghost. I was gentle today. That was the Holy Ghost. You don't hear much about that. You don't see many uh, testimonies and posts and videos and all of these things that happen about, oh, I was, I was temperate today. And that was the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what, when we speak of the fruit of the Spirit, we too often forget that they too are the work of the Holy Ghost. Because I don't know about you, but there are some things and some even people that if it weren't for the power of the Holy Ghost, I don't know where the love would come from, but thanks be to the Holy Ghost that I've got love for even the people that do evil unto me. I've got joy even when I don't fear very joyfully. I've got peace when I don't even feel the peace. I feel hell attacking me, but it was the gift and the working of the fruit of the Spirit. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost that made me meet today. It was the Holy Ghost that when I, I, I could have responded harshly, but I gave a soft answer because it turneth away wrath. And that was the work of the Holy Ghost. I could have smarted off to somebody. I could have made a... a, a, a dumb comment to somebody that would have sowed division but I got the Holy Ghost inside of me and the Holy Ghost said shut your mouth unless it edifies the vine <laughs> he is serious about producing fruit and if you don't produce you will be plucked out I said if you don't produce you will be plucked out if you don't produce, you will be plucked out. If you produce fruit, the Word of God says if you produce it, He's going to purge it. Oh, let's talk about that for a minute. You're telling me I got a whole cluster of grapes, Sister Wasman, and God's going to purge it? 
according to the word of God. You mean I got a whole bundle of love and God's going to cut that off of the vine? Oh, yes, because if you've ever purged a, a, a tree or if you've ever cut back a tree, you know what happens. You begin to cut back on that, and what does it do? You may have cut off one branch, but then three branches bloom right after it. He says, you may have love, but I'm going to purge you so that you can have more love. I'm going to purge you so you can be more gentle. I'm going to purge you so you can be more temperate. I'm going to purge you so you can have more goodness. I'm going to purge you so you have more faith. Why? Because the world is hungry for fruit and they're not going to eat off of just a couple branches of love. But they're looking for a church that has the fruit of the Spirit that is geared into the Holy Ghost. And our world is hungry for love. Our world is hungry for long-suffering. Our world is hungry for peace. Our world is hungry for gentleness. Our world is hungry for goodness. Our world is hungry for faith and meekness and temperance. He's serious about us producing the fruit He's serious about it because he is the vine. He is the vine. And he's going to be fruitful. There will be a church that will show forth the love of Christ. There will be a people that are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. There will be a church that is separated unto the Lord. There will be a church that doesn't go along with all the whims of the 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 politicians and all of the trends of the world. There will be a church that responds differently than the world responds. I'm telling you what, we, we, we've got to make sure that we're producing fruit, the kind of fruit that says, I could sit behind my keyboard on my phone, tablet, computer, whatever it is, and I could go to town and tear these people into two and respond this way. But my Lord, where is the fruit that says, hey, I'm representing Jesus I'm representing the vine. When somebody looks at my fruit and they begin, the world begins to inspect it, I want them to know that this branch is attached to the vine of Jesus Christ. I want them to know there is no doubt. Sure, apostolics are always going to be known for lively music. Sure, apostolics should be known for Holy Ghost infilling. Sure, apostolics should be known for demonstration. Sure, we should be known where this is where people can come to receive miracles, see signs. But what God desires before we are known by those things, He desires that we be known by the fruit. How much have you loved? How much have you loved your neighbor? How much have you loved your enemy? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the one that did you wrong. That's what I'm wanting you to be representative of first. How much joy do you have even when there's not a whole lot of joy around you? But you can walk into this world with your head held high. 
Oh, how much peace do you have when there's no peace at all to be grasped in the physical, but you tap into the spirit world, the spirit realm. You tap into the spirit vine of Jesus Christ and you get a little bit of peace. Where are the fruit? Where are the people that desire the fruit? Sure, I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to walk in as much authority and boldness as God desires for me to walk in. But God, I want to desire the fruit because it's the fruit that makes me like you. It's the fruit that makes us like Jesus. Don't underestimate the fruit. It is through us that the fruit is going to come. And the fruit, the fruit is going to be what will heal. The fruit is going to be what will bring revival. The fruit is what will be salvation of many souls. And let me just preach this for a moment. We don't get an option on deciding whether we will be fruitful or not. If you are attached to the vine, the true vine, You don't have an option to not be fruitful. We don't have the option to sit back and say, I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to be fruitful today. We don't get to say, someone got on my nerves. I'm not going to be loving today. We don't get an option to say, I know we may joke about it, but let's be real. We don't have the option to say, I'll set it down right here and I'll come back and pick it up later. We don't get to say someone offended me so I'm not going to be at peace with them any longer. Because we are in Christ and Christ is in us and we are different than this world. We simply do not operate like this world operates. As the world operates, they go to their, they go here, they, they look at the solutions of the world at being apostolic and a, 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 a Holy Ghost filled person. We don't, we, we look to God to answer our needs and our prayer, but also we don't operate in the fruit realm, if you will, as the world operates. You should respond negatively. You should post that. You should call them and do this. You, could, you should talk to that person and talk bad about them and tear them down. No, we don't operate that way because that's the way of the world and how they operate. We don't allow ourselves to be offended. We take, as I said this morning, we take our offense at the foot of the cross and we allow it to be bathed in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of God. And I'm going to tell you something else. It does not matter the season that we are in. We are still required to be fruitful. In Mark 11, it wasn't the season of figs, yet Jesus himself cursed the fig tree because it did not produce fruit. And he was hungry. And he cursed that fig tree because he found only but leaves on that fig tree. I'm telling you, it is so important that we produce fruit because our world is hungry for it. Our world is hungry for it. We need to be like that fruitful vine in the butler's vision of Joseph uh, where it says uh, that we need those cluster of grapes uh, where the fruit of the Spirit is shooting forth out of our branches. Uh, We've got clusters of love. Uh, We've got clusters of long-suffering. We've got clusters 
pushers of gentleness. Uh, I'm not telling you that we are, we're pushovers and people can run over us. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm suggesting today, uh, I'm telling you what the word, what the word requires of us, uh, and that is to be fruitful and in abundance. Because our world is hungry for the fruit of the Spirit. Let's all stand. The world is hungry for the fruit of the Spirit because they're hungry for the vine. They want something different. They desire something supernatural. They desire something that will change their life. And while I want us to desire apostolic demonstration it cannot will not come without a desire for the fruit of the spirit perhaps you're here tonight I believe I'm talking to mostly I would say people if not all people that are producing fruit we could easily cross our arms and say I'm producing what I must produce when did becoming average become acceptable the way I read my Bible nothing God did was average nothing God did was average Here we have a woman called in the act of adultery. They wanted to stone her. They wanted to kill her. And he looked at them said, the first one without sin cast the first stone. That's not average. That's different. We don't know, we don't know all about that. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The very God that could have called ten legion of angels to immediately remove him from the cross, immediately take the breath of those that took and beat him, is the very God that hung on that cross and said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. We want to be used of God in a great, mighty way. We're going to have to be people that seek after the fruit. And there's going to be times where God's going to purge us. He's going to purge us. And it's going to feel sometimes like we've been left, like we've been forgotten, like there's no hope. I'm here to remind somebody that's just God trying to purge you, to, to propel you into another dimension of being used in the gifts of the Spirit. And there's going to be some that they'll reject that. But I believe that I'm preaching to a church that desires to be used of God in ways that can't even be fathomed in our minds. Let me just tell you today, I thank God for all that has happened through the years, even the past year and a half, two years. I thank God for it. But church, it is only the tip of what God desires. We're marching forward in victory, giving God the praise for it all. But it is only 
a start of what God desires to do in and through us. We just close our eyes. I wonder how many of us where our flesh would say, man, I'd sure... I sure would love to see the miracles and I sure want to see the, the gifts of the Spirit. I, I, I sure would love to be used like they're used. God's saying, okay, I'll call you. I'll call you. But before you can be used in the gifts, you've got to desire the fruit. Is there anybody here tonight that you desire the fruit? you desire the fruit of the Spirit. Perhaps you're feeling in a season of being purged and you need to come to this altar and you need to renew a commitment. You need to renew your walk with God. You need to renew where you're at with God. God's just trying to make you multiply. He's trying to turn that one branch into two to three. And then when He gets rid of the three, it'll be six, it'll be twelve, it'll be twenty-four. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, give us a desire for the fruit. Give us a desire for the fruit. Help us, God, to love like you have loved. To have the joy of the Holy Ghost. To be meek to have the spirit, the fruit of goodness, meekness, temperance, long-suffering. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, children, find a place to pray tonight. Find a place to pray and pray, God, give me the fruit of the Spirit. Give me the fruit of the Spirit. God, give me the fruit of love. Give me, oh God, multiply in me the fruit of joy. Multiply in me the fruit of meekness, temperance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.